Welcome to Zazlo Show 2.0, presented from day one by Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys. You're dealing with any kind of accident, any personal injury, slip and fall, motorcycle, car accident, bike. Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800 747 free. That's 800 747 3733. Title sponsors from day number one. No. Before day number one of Zaslow Show 2.0, my guys Mark Anajar, Glenn Levine, Ellie Anajar, they believe in me. If you're listening to the show right now and you're dealing with any kind of personal injury, I'm sending you to my friends, Anajar and Levine, accident attorneys. You don't have to deal with the insurance companies. You don't have to deal with the medical bills. You need to focus on getting right. That's where they come in. They handle all the stuff that you don't want to be bothered with. You need to make sure you're getting healthy and they're going to make sure you're getting the money that you deserve. Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Proud title sponsors of Zaslow Show 2.0. Hey, if you've been searching for a refreshing beer that feels like you're back in the Caribbean, well, search no more. Proud sponsor of Zaslow Show 2.0, Johnny Cuba. It's a lifestyle. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul, a refreshing German lager in a can. That's right. Pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba, Sedano's, Presidente, Winn-Dixie. Got great six-pack deals going on right now. You got... Hot sauce, that's right, made from selected Caribbean habanero peppers. You know your boy Zazlo loves the hot sauce. Go pick up some Caribbean soul in a can. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo. If you're a homeowner, you need to make sure you have the proper coverage. And that's why I'm sending you to Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance and Financial Services because we know that if there's, God forbid, an issue with our home, we need to know that we're covered properly. From Pensacola to the Keys and beyond, Brunt Insurance and Financial Services delivers comprehensive insurance and financial solutions tailored to your needs. Since 2013, Brunt Insurance specializes in home and auto insurance. Bruntinsurance.com. You could also check them out on social media at Brunt Insurance. Look, the market's confusing. Let Brunt Insurance sort it all out for you with their fully licensed staff, and they know the area. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance to make sure that they're covered, and that's why I'm sending you to them as well. Bruntinsurance.com. 954-589-2204. Welcome aboard. This is Zazlo Show 2.0. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickranger.com, or just stop by. 
Granger, for the ones who get it done. Welcome to Zaslow Show 2.0, presented from day one by Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys. You're dealing with any kind of accident, any personal injury, slip and fall, motorcycle, car accident, bike. Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800 747 3. That's 800 747 3733. Title sponsors from day number one. No. Before day number one of Zaslow Show 2.0, my guys Mark Anajar, Glenn Levine, Ellie Anajar, they believe in me. If you're listening to the show right now and you're dealing with any kind of personal injury, I'm sending you to my friends, Anajar and Levine, accident attorneys. You don't have to deal with the insurance companies. You don't have to deal with the medical bills. You need to focus on getting right. That's where they come in. They handle all the stuff that you don't want to be bothered with. You need to make sure you're getting healthy and they're going to make sure you're getting the money that you deserve. Anna John Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Proud title sponsors of Zaslow Show 2.0. Hey, if you've been searching for a refreshing beer that feels like you're back in the Caribbean, well, search no more. Proud sponsor of Zaslow Show 2.0, Johnny Cuba. It's a lifestyle. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul, a refreshing German lager in a can. That's right. Pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba, Sedanos, Presidente, Win dixie Got great six-pack deals going on right now. You got... Hot sauce, that's right, made from selected Caribbean habanero peppers. You know your boy Zaslow loves the hot sauce. Go pick up some Caribbean soul in a can. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo. If you're a homeowner, you need to make sure you have the proper coverage. And that's why I'm sending you to Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance and Financial Services because we know that if there's, God forbid, an issue with our home, we need to know that we're covered properly. From Pensacola to the Keys and beyond, Brunt Insurance and Financial Services delivers comprehensive insurance and financial solutions tailored to your needs. Since 2013, Brunt Insurance specializes in home and auto insurance. Bruntinsurance.com. You could also check them out on social media at Brunt Insurance. Look, the market's confusing. Let Brunt Insurance sort it all out for you with their fully licensed staff, and they know the area. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance to make sure that they're covered, and that's why I'm sending you to them as well. Bruntinsurance.com. 954-589-2204. Welcome aboard. This is Zaslow Show 2.0. All right, welcome to It's Still Real to Me, presented by Zaslow Show 2.0. And of course, everything on Zaslow Show 2.0 is presented by my friends at Anajar and Levine Accident Attorneys. 800 747 free any kind of injury 
an accent you're involved in, you call them. You, you tell them Zaslow sent you. That's, that's fine. Come on. But anything you got going on there, you need some help with an injury, you call Anjorn Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-3733. It's still real to me. Second episode. Last week, we debuted the show. It was a reaction show, WWE Crown Jewel. So today will be more like what the show will regularly be, which will be reaction to the shows throughout the week, the big storylines, and what we're looking at moving forward. We welcome aboard my partner here. Joey Levin. Joey, hello. How are you today? I'm doing great. And um, I'm excited to get this one in the books because obviously, like you said, last week was a reaction show and we knew reaction show easy to do it on a Saturday because the show is happening. But we we were discussing for a while, like, what is the right day to do a one day a week wrestling podcast? Because there's so much content. And I think last night answered the question. It's Saturday. You got to yeah. do it on Saturday because right now, as long as our tribal chief is is still the, the undisputed heavyweight champion and the Usos, which we'll talk about, are on top, you have to react after SmackDown, right? So how upset were you? Let's start there. So so we'll start with SmackDown. That's what's fresh on everybody's mind. If you're listening to the show today under the Zaslow Show 2.0 banner, you know, SmackDown was, you know, however many hours, you know, yesterday. So it's fresh on your mind. And by the way, Joey, the first episode of It's Still Real to Me last week, Great reaction. Got a bunch of downloads. I'm really pleased with that. So thanks to everybody. Uh, you know, love you long time. So last night, WWE SmackDown, we start the show last night with, uh, I mean, we started with a bang. And this is one of the things that I've noticed since Triple H took over. And this is an AEW move, okay? AEW loves this, where they start their shows with a great match. They start with the big, like, I remember, what was it, maybe the first Grand Slam that they did where the match uh, that started the show was Daniel Bryanson versus Kenny Omega. They started the show with it, you know? And Brian I, Danielson. Brian Danielson. Yeah, Brian Danielson. Who did I say? Did I say Daniel, <laughs> Daniel Bryan? You said, you said, <laughs> you said Brian Daniel. you said Daniel Bryanson. No! <laughs> okay, so, so yeah, that Let's started... Go. That, that might be what I call him from now on. <laughs> so Brian Danielson, Kenny Omega started the show. I was like, yeah. well, that's interesting. They're just coming right out the gate. And WWE now takes a page out of that playbook since Triple H took over, where, where they'll come out the gates with the hot match right from the start. Because WWE style has always been, we start the show with a promo. But now, like last night, they start with New Day versus the Usos. I like that style. I like I'm I'm let's buckle up. This is going to be a great show. I like it if it matters. Uh and last that match obviously mattered, right? So there with AEW, I think sometimes there's a tendency to start the show with a great match that doesn't really matter. Like it it's just I know Tony Khan's style is we're the, we're going to be a wrestling show. We're going to have great wrestling matches and so we're going to open up the show with a great wrestling match and but sometimes which we'll discuss AEW in a bit I have this tendency to feel like things get thrown together. I don't understand why people are wrestling with each other, regardless of whether it's a great match or not. Uh, and I don't think Triple H will do that. So as long as he sticks with like, I, they're not all going to be Usos New Day for the longest reigning tag team champions of all time. But yeah, I, I love starting it off with a bang like that, especially because there's only so many people who can cut a 15 minute promo to open a show. And on SmackDown, it's the bloodline. So it's a good change of pace. The match went about 30 minutes. Um, so it took up a quarter of the show. 
but it was it was worth it. And see, in a situation like this, I'm I listen for who the crowd is behind. All right, and I'm not watching that match last night with with a real rooting interest. I guess if I had, I just want the match to be good. But, you know, my son says to me, he goes, "Hey, who are you rooting for?" He he needs to have a rooting interest. I go, yeah, I just want a good match. So I don't really have a rooting interest, but. If anything, I want the Usos to retain because I want to see where the storyline is going. I want to keep wondering who's going to be the ones to beat them. We talked about it last week. I think we both kind of have a feeling who we think is eventually going to be the ones to beat them, be it Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn somewhere down the line. But so if anything, I'm hoping it's the Usos that win last night. So I, I want the continuation of the story. But that crowd last night, Joey way behind the new day way behind the new day did you agree yeah i think it's it seemed that way although there's one person i know who definitely wasn't and you probably didn't catch this because i i got of course i'm going mcafee right off the bat but they were in indy and first row right behind michael cole was pat mcafee's producer and oh is that right he was going hard for the usos oh is that right yeah but yeah no it seemed like more of a new day a new day crowd i was rooting, I mean, rooting, so to speak, for the Usos. I thought just from a storyline perspective, it done, didn't, it wouldn't have made sense to take yeah. titles off the bloodline at the moment. New Day's it not was, involved in any type of story. Like, it's yep. where do you go and, from here? And it's the New Day, we'll get into the New Day a little bit later too, but the New Day is not the New Day unless they're the whole New Day, right? So, if you're going to do something like take the titles off the Usos, you got to have Big E. And who knows if we will ever have the full New Day again. They're just not the same without the full trio. Uh, so I, the match was incredible. And I was, I, was just, I was happy with the result. And I was happy they gave it the time it deserved because you know, they, were, they were hamming it up pretty hard. Michael Cole and Wade Barrett, two best tag teams of all time. Definitely two best tag teams of this generation, for yeah, sure. not all time. Um, but... I thought it deserved 30 minutes for the importance of the match. And I, it obviously delivered. And there was a moment I was watching it with Mike, my brother. And I was like, this isn't about to happen. Oh, alarms going off. Uh, this isn't about to happen. Is it new day is not about to win this. Is it? And that's, that's how, you know, it's a good match. That's how, I, you, there, that's how you know. There was a moment there where I was like, Oh my God, they're, they're going to do this. I mean, I was doing that last week during crown jewel where we I was holding it, my yeah. breath with those false finishes. Like, is he actually going to win? So no, that that's a good match because you go into it saying, "All right, I know this one guy is going to win." And if in the middle of the match you're you're questioning on that, you know, two count, is he about to get to three? That's a good match. I also liked yesterday during that match where there was no bullshit. Yeah, nobody rings like you know, Solo Sikoa is not there ringside. Sami Zayn's out for something personal, which is a shame. Yeah. Uh, but there there was no one ringside. There was no Gaga. There was nothing going on there. It was a clean finish. And I liked the I liked the end moment where all four competitors are are on their ass in the ring and they're just kind of giving each other that nod of respect. Like it's yeah. I, 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 I thought that was a proper way to close it. Yeah, it was. I think it was well done all around. Did last night, obviously, starting with that first match, but then the whole show, other than a few moments that I'm sure we'll go, we'll run it down last night felt kind of pay-per-view-ish no like you know it's funny in my notes here it's funny in my notes here i'll 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 take notes for the shows and i'll highlight in bold 
the things that we need to make sure that we talk about today from the shows. And everything that I put down from SmackDown last night, I put in bold. Everything. Yeah. I, I think a lot of important things happened in the show last night. So moving on. Next up, you got the six-pack women's challenge for Ronda Rousey's title at Survivor Series War Games. Going into the match, I felt Shotzi was going to win. Uh, They're not going to do... First of all, they've already done Raquel Rodriguez versus Ronda. It was on TV, but they're not going to do that for pay-per-view just yet. All right? And we have seen it before. And the only other ones in the ring that I thought would... You know... Sonia uh, is is not ready to. They're not ready to put her up against Ronda. I wanted Liv, it to be Sonia. Can't, I'm a big fan yeah. of Sonia, but the, you could see they're not going in that direction yet. I'm a big fan of Sonia Deville. Um, Liv Morgan, she already had her crack there. They're not going to crown. They're not going to give Liv that match. You know, Zia Lee has been toiling and doing absolutely nothing, so it's not going to be Zia Lee. Great social media follow. Is that right? Oh yeah, that would be unexpected. Uh, she, hey, Zia Lee, she's good. Okay. Let's just say she's good. And and so I look at Shotzi. Shotzi recently turned back to a baby face with no explanation. But Shotzi recently turned back to a baby face. They gave her back the tank. They're clearly saying, hey, let's present this girl in a different kind of way. Uh, I thought she was the right choice to win that match. Last. I mean, you know, it's the right choice because they're trying to give her some momentum. And it's also the right choice of someone to feed Deronda right now. Well, that's that's the key, right? Who else? The, and that's where I'm still... With the SmackDown women's division, there's just not there's not a lot there's not a lot of meat on the bone. So to well, speak. it's funny because I think the most interesting part of the SmackDown women's division right now is the relationship between Ronda and Shayna. That's awesome. Well, I was going to say like that was the best part of that whole situation was, you know, it, it, Ronda Rousey, the baddest woman on the planet, the last person, the last woman on the planet who needs a heavy, who needs a mu- who needs muscle, now has muscle, but. It's great because Shayna yeah, like Shayna can Shayna can talk, and that's the that's the biggest problem with Ronda. No matter how hard she tries, face heel, uh, whatever it is, she's just kind of cringy on the mic. And well, Shayna, but she's gotten better on the mic because she's allowed to be herself now because she's a heel. Yeah. She's terrible on the mic as a baby face. Give her the microphone, go be Ronda Rousey, and she's much better on the microphone being Ronda Rousey. Yeah, and this, and, but Shayna's. I think Shayna's one of the best in the company, and this obviously will ultimately lead to them finally going head to head at some point, right? And which will be uh, which will be a great that'll be a great program, I think. So I think that was that was probably the best part of it to me. But outside of Shayna and Ronda, Shayna now being with Ronda, there's just not there's not a whole lot there to me. I, I don't know. I, I remember watching Shotzi a little bit in NXT. And obviously, I've seen what she's done on the main roster. I don't really have a strong opinion on her one way or the other. So maybe that's I, on. I'm maybe totally that's on with you. Maybe that's I'm on totally me. With you. I, totally I don't know if that's you. a product of her or me, but I just don't. Uh, so I didn't have a ma- major reaction to it. I was just like, I, I, I wanted, I wanted um, Sonia, mainly because of what I talk about. I think Sonia, a, a, a Sonia is really good in the ring, but also. Name, name a female well, and on the SmackDown an roster who can go badass. on the She's a right. legit badass, too. Right. She has an MMA background. Like, I didn't like it when, you know, when she was just transitioning out of the general manager role and they had her kind of in that chicken shit heel role. And it's like, she shouldn't be chicken shit. She's like an actual badass. 
Yeah, for sure. And the only other thing that stuck out to me about that match was I know that uh, they have um, they have <clears throat> excuse me. Um, what's her name? Um, God, this is this happened to me last week. There, I was blanking. She the that she was just the champ. Um, that Nikki Cross? No, 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 no. In the in the on in, on SmackDown uh, on, on SmackDown that just lost to Rousey. Who just lost her belt to Rousey? Oh, Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan. I don't know why this <laughs> happens to me, but my brain is a little fried. Um, I know that since she lost, she has this new like. Yeah, she's got an edge to her like, now. Edge to her. Yeah, I think she's gonna kill some, like literally, like legit kill somebody. Like she almost killed herself last night. <laughs> when she, she, I think she smacked her face on the table. Um, and I'm pretty sure when she did this, she did like the uh, the the um, senton or whatever she did off of the top rope onto a table a few weeks ago. She like hit her leg. Yeah, on she's the mount extreme table. now. She's extreme. Yeah, there's a there's a fine line I think between extreme and <laughs> reckless, right? Like she's she looks that that spot last night with her and Raquel Rodriguez looked real bad, or it looked like it could have been real bad. I think Shotzi was the right choice mainly because she's a good one to feed to Ronda for for war games. Yeah, I know you loved uh, and I did too. La Knight is working the promo. He's upset that he is not in the SmackDown World Cup. And he he is I'll tell you, he sounds so much like the rock, man. He is so good on that mic. His cadence is very, very similar to OG the rock, late 90s rock. And his catchphrase and, is, is great. Late is his catchphrase is like late Austin. He's, he has the yeah, yeah. He's he's really great. And then you get an unexpected encounter and a little bit of physicality. With Bray Wyatt, I do like how we're waiting a while, and this is the way to do it. All right, not everything needs to be shotgun. We're gonna, we're not gonna get Bray Wyatt in the ring in a match for a while. It seems, which I think is totally the right move. But we saw him for the first time since returning. Got a little physical last night, and he headbutts La Knight. Yeah, this will be the last time I bring up my brother on this one. But I got to shout him out on this. November first, I checked the receipts last night. He randomly sent me a text and said, hot take, Bray's first feud should be with L.A. Knight. That was, uh, uh, two weeks ago, uh, for no reason, didn't read about it, did, just said, that's who I think it should be. The two of them on the microphone back and forth would be pretty hot. Yeah, I, and I didn't really get it. I was like, I, I don't know. Is L.A. big enough yet? Does it bury L.A. Knight? Because obviously whoever Bray is with in his first feud, he's going to destroy him. But after seeing it last night, I'm all in. Because I'm kind of all in on whatever either of these guys do, particularly LA Knight. Listen, if if if, any, if anything came out of that last gimmick he had, it's the fact that anytime he's on the screen, it titillates the juices of my guilty pleasures. Okay, LA Knight is my guy, and I want to see this guy on a rocket ship. And I guess being with Bray, with the way the company is treating him, even though you're going to get killed in some respect, unless he some for some reason joins Bray on some level, because. It seems like eventually there's going to be a Wyatt stable again. Uh, maybe that's a route, but either way, give me as much of these guys. Give it to me every week. I love it. I love it too. Uh, real quickly here, Sarah Logan officially makes her return. I mean, she kind of returned to the beginning of the year. She was in the Royal Rumble. Like, you know, so that right. was the first we'd seen of her in a, you know, since she was released. 
Uh, she's of course married to, is it, uh, I, is it Ibar? I can't tell the difference. I don't know which one's which with the names. Right. But like, she's married I, I, to the yeah, yeah. smaller of the two. Okay. The, the less not, hairy one. The yes, less hairy one. Yes. She's, yeah. she's married to him. And, and so it's, it, it's a perfect match. I loved her look. She comes in barefoot, you know, she's the, the makeup I really dug and she's a big girl. So for her, you know, it seems like a natural fit. I'm not a big fan of the Viking Raiders, but like I said last night when I'm watching with my son, I go, I'm a fan of that right there. You know, I, I think that's a good mix right there. The Viking Raiders have never done anything for me since they joined WWE from NXT, but that version of them were like, they're nasty and they're not doing bullshit with, uh, you know, who was it with, um, when they were with street uh, profits yeah with street profits like the, the, the games and stuff yeah, yeah. like that's hey, for me you know but but that last night where they're being nasty and they got sarah logan behind them like i dug that i was into that i'm all in on anybody or any team any superstar any wrestler that was awesome in nxt when trips was running it and is now back on the roster with triple h running it there's potential there those guys yeah. were sweet in yeah. nxt and they can be awesome in the tag division. And Sarah Logan can be really good, too. Uh, I was excited about their return to see what they can do under Triple H. I was also extra excited because as much as I love Zelina Vega, I when that when I saw that that match was going to happen, I was like, what are we doing here? There's 20 minutes left in the show. We need Roman Reigns. And we have Zelina Vega and Hit Row about to have a singles match. This This isn't happening, is it? And then the Viking Raiders showed up. So that made me even happier because I, I didn't get it. I didn't see what was happening there. So finally, as as we wrap up SmackDown, uh, did we have our answer last night to who is next up for Roman Reigns? Like, is the ne- is Roman's next feud Sheamus? Uh, no, I think we have our answer for War Games. We have, uh, we have Bloodline versus Braun Brutes and Drew McIntyre in a fifth person. It's a great point because at the end of the show, as they signed off yesterday, Michael Cole's sign-off last night was the bloodline has a brawling brutes and Drew McIntyre problem. Yeah, and WWE put out one of those tweets where it was like, this isn't a brawl, this is war. Oh, okay. Right. So you know what it is. But it's but the but what'll be interesting is But from who, there they could go with Sheamus as the next guy, right? Yeah, but also we have to see. Well, they could go with Drew, which I don't think they'll do again. They could do Sheamus, who would be great. But who's going to be the fifth guy for that team? Well, and I feel like Drew, I feel like we're getting, well, I mean, wouldn't it be KO? Like, he hasn't been seen in a few weeks. Like, it's, and and you can't introduce that last night because for whatever reason, Sammy wasn't there. I I feel like it's got to be, it's got to be Kevin Owens. And then maybe KO is the next guy for Roman, which would make sense. We could do a long-term thing with KO and the bloodline. And it looks like However, they're setting up. They're finally going to, you know, Drew is finally going to try and get some revenge on Solo Sokoa for like they, those two are going to. That's a cool now feud. I like that because Solo debuted and caused Drew the title at Clash the Castle. This is why the bloodline is so good. <clears throat> There's you don't know, like all last night. After the Usos won the titles and they had the backstage segment with Roman where Roman was like, I have to take care of business. and I need you guys with me. Did you have any idea what was going to happen the rest of the show? Did you have no. any clue? I was like, what business do you have tonight? I, well, why, are you even, why are you even here tonight? You're not at every SmackDown. Why so are you the, here? In the moment, the Twitter speculation was, what? if you watch the clip again, his hug with Jay was very long. And it was longer than his hug with Jimmy. And there was some people thinking, ooh, maybe this is where Jay's out. 
maybe this is it. Like Jay, because there's been the tension. Is Jay Usi enough? Is Jay being Usi? And there's been some tension of, you know, is Jay, does he think he's the man? And Could now they, they eventually now, get now to they a be, place where Jay now, is the one who dethrones him. I, well, it would it would all come full circle yeah. because this all started with Jay yeah. and Roman, right? So yeah. it's it's possible. I, I think it's probably unlikely. Be amazing, <laughs> but I think there were some people who were like, "Is there going to be something here with with? Is he going to break up the bloodline just now because he's not like they're the goats? Can he handle having other goats in his like that type of thing?" Can he handle not being the I didn't notice the, the longer hug. I wonder if we're eventually going to revisit that. I think this, yeah, the J, the J stuff is not, there's no way it's over. Sammy wasn't there last night either, obviously, for yeah. what Michael Cole said were personal reasons. So there's definitely the J and Sammy and, you know, J being a little pissed off and all that. That can't just go away. I mean, we're we're probably what only two weeks removed from where he said I don't give a damn what the tribal chief has to say mm-hmm. like that that doesn't go unpunished by the head of the table at some point like he gets it so that's a good point that's a good yeah. point it wasn't that long ago so you, you you don't just say that about the tribal chief and then and 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 not live it down but uh, the only problem was the whole end of the segment was completely botched by whatever happened with the microphone. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, but you know, Roman's gotten so good that he he covered it up pretty well by busting on Sheamus over it, and yeah, uh, yeah, that that's true. You kind of wonder what Sheamus was going to have to say for himself there. Yeah, but it, it it works out fine because now we we have an idea. This is this is at least we have nine, seemingly nine of the ten participants for the men's war game at Survivor Series. So, and I, I don't mind it. I. I I don't know. I, I I was trying to think of a creative way. Like, who else could it be? Could it be people from Raw? But now we know uh, OC and Judgment Day are doing their own Survivor Series thing. Yeah, I like uh, that they're not doing a Raw. I thought I thought originally it was going to be Raw versus SmackDown again. I'm glad they're not doing that. Let's let's yeah. just make it. You know, the the rivalries that are going on right now instead of trying to contrive Raw hates SmackDown. Why? Why is Raw hate SmackDown? So yeah, and I also I, I like it. Also like. Brawl and Brutes in War Games. That's fun. Yeah, it's gonna be good shit. That'll be that'll be a good match. And we've seen Butch in War Games, right? He's he's done it before yeah. in NXT, right? Yeah, yeah. That's good stuff. He uh, was on t- team, he was on Team McAfee. Okay. So to wrap up SmackDown here, the biggest story from last night was the the Usos retain. They're now the all-time record holder, because like Michael Cole said, and I like this kind of stuff where he adds in and they try and make it real like sport, where because the Usos have no championship matches scheduled between now and Monday, they now are the record holder. Like, I I dig that. I, I, I like when they try and make it more like sport in that regard. Right. So big story last night was Usos. They're now the all-time record holder. Let's run through it here. We don't have to get into too much detail, all right? But let's run through it here. Top 10 all-time tag teams. Run through real quick, real quick, Joey. What were the uh, uh, what were the rules here? You know, what, what, what was the way that you put together your list? And then I'll give my list. Top 10 all-time WWF, WWE tag teams. Okay. Well, and, and WCW too, if you want, whatever. Yeah, this is just wrestling. This is professional yeah. wrestling. Yeah, it's rest- yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a couple things, at least for my list. And let's caveat this by saying this is my list. Okay. This is not, 
the definitive list. This is what I think. This is for me. This is this is still real to me, and I love it. So this is my list. I looked at five things, and then some just personal preferences, right? So I looked at impact and the and these are not. There's not weight here. This is just the five things that I looked at. Impact on the business, right? That's a big thing. Are they an actual tag team or were they kind of thrown together for, for a nice little run and then they weren't a tag team anymore? And then Right, so you're saying like, don't give me Stone Cold and Triple H together uh, when they were, uh, you know, running roughshod. I'll give you one. That actually almost made my list, but they just couldn't be on it. Rock and Sock Connection, okay? Right. I, like, they were less than a year. They were thrown together. They were incredible, right? But they're not one of the best of all time just because they were kind of thrown together. And what was that? A Triple H, uh, uh, Stone Cold, the two-man power trip. Right. Right. Yeah. Look, mega powers are not on my list. It's funny you said that because I considered mega powers. I consider this was part of the conversations I was having last night, but I I just couldn't. They're not. Okay. Um, Entertainment value overall. How much do I just enjoy watching them? Right. I mean, are they fun? Did did I do I remember them? Like how much do they stick out in my mind, in my memory? In ring. How good were they as a tag team? Like just their in ring capability. And then how long they were doing it. Like. Were they how long were they at the top of the game or how long were they even a tag team in the game? I think that's really important. Um, and then just for my list, I was born in 1986. So I would probably my first memories of wrestling are probably when I was like five or six years old. So if you were a big time tag team, sorry, Heart Foundation. You're not putting the um, mid, you're not putting Rock and Roll Express in your top ten, is what well, you're saying. Listen, Heart Foundation, that might be a controversial one not to be in there. A lot of people think ret tag team wrestling, they think Heart Foundation. Not on my list. I just don't remember them. Okay. There are tag teams from back then that I do remember. Rockers barely missed my list. Barely wow. missed my list. Barely. Um, but All right, let's hear it then. Let's hear it. Top okay. ten, you're to count down from 10 to 1, yeah? I'm gonna go 10 to 1. Okay. 10 Harlem Heat. Winning most winningest tag team in WCW history, 10 tag team titles. Number nine, this one will probably be controversial. Young Bucks. Wow. Changed. Listen, and I'll give a quick explanation on Young Bucks. Obviously, their in wearing work speaks for itself. Obviously, how long they've been one of the best tag teams in the world speaks for itself. They turned a YouTube vlog into a wrestling company. You want to talk about impact on the wrestling business. The okay. second biggest promotion in the world is because of being the elite. Okay. Can't convince me otherwise. Uh, so that was. That was nine. Ten, nine, eight. The Outsiders. And they, re- they were actually much higher on my list. But I dropped them because I don't think people typically think of Kevin, uh, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall as the Outsiders. Yeah, I don't. But they changed everything. Mm-hmm. The whole industry changed when the Outsiders showed up. They are also six-time tag team champions. Uh, number seven, New Day. And the New Day only, would be probably two or three, but they're a trio. And I don't love the free bird rule. I don't love tr- a trio being a tag team. I know they're great. I know they're probably one of the best. If, you know, some people could argue they're the best ever. I just don't love a trio as a tag team. So I dropped them down because of that. I have a tie at five. Edge and Christian and the Hardys tied at five. So and five I think, and six. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Five and six. Five A, five B, however yep. you want. And you don't need to. I don't think much needs to be explained about them. No, I mean, the, the TLC, WrestleMania 2000. Right. Absolutely. Number four, New Age Outlaws. Again, don't need to explain a ton there. They, they you know, DX, New Age Outlaws. Yeah, they're, they're incredible. New Age Outlaws, I mean... When you were watching Monday Night Raw late 80s, 
You didn't get the full Monday Night Raw experience if you missed the New Age Outlaws intro every night. You had exactly. you had to be there. Oh, you didn't know? If, right. if you weren't watching at the time, if you got up to go to the bathroom or something, you missed it. You didn't get the full show. Yep. Number three, Road Warriors. And this is the one that was tough for me. I, but because their prime run was... Again, it part WWF run was like when I was like five, six, seven years old. Yeah. But it sticks out to me. I still remember like I was excited at then. Like there's a reason it's the Road Warrior pop, right? Mm-hmm. When you hear, oh, what a rush. Like if you heard it right now, you would go crazy. Eh, that's how impactful they were in the short amount of time they were there. Two, Dudleys. They have like 800 tag titles. <laughs> I don't think uh, I don't think people were actually using tables the way they use tables before the Dudleys and t- tables are the most the biggest thing now or biggest weapon in wrestling. Mm-hmm. And then number one, the Usos. Wow. And and we could talk about why, but I ran it through in my mind a lot. And the best ever, the Usos. It. I last night obviously solidified a lot of things because now they're the longest reigning champs, but the work they've done the last six years for let's not talk about blood. Yeah. So how about that? So, so with, without what they've done the last, let's say, you know, two years when they, the gimmick changed, you wouldn't have had them up there. No, the gimmick didn't change two years ago. The gimmick changed in 2016. Zaslo. Six years. Uso ago? penitentiary. That was six years ago. Yes. That's what I'm talking about. Uso Penitent. That was yes. six years ago. Yes. They've been at the top of the top for six, for five. Because before years. that, with the face paint, you would not have right. had them. Right. But they debuted in 2000. They debuted ago? with the face paint as, well, actually, they debuted as heels, but they became the, like, the, the baby face whatevers in 2010. Is that th- almost 13 years on the main roster yeah. as the Usos? They went the first five years buried in this terrible gimmick and halfway through a a lot of people would be out of the business with the gimmick they had halfway through. They turn it around and become arguably, obviously, the best tag team gimmick of all time. The Uso Penitentiary, the Uso Penitentiary was awesome. Yeah, awesome. And now it's evolved into what it is now with the bloodline. And now they're the longest reigning tag team champs of all time. And they're the purest of the pure in terms of attack. They're literally twin brothers. It doesn't get much more pure of a tag team than that. Usos are number one all time for me. All right. So here, here we're going to jump into my list now. All right. Top 10 all time tag teams. Now, look, I I will tell you in advance. I'll count down 10 to one for dramatic purposes. My list leans heavily on my youth. All right. I'm born in 81. So some of those tag teams you mentioned there that you don't, you know, remember much of, I do remember much of, okay? And those weigh heavy on me, all right? Hey, look, this is that was the point, of the, again, to all you marks who are going to hit up Zazzle and say, oh, you how can you not have this guy? Hey, this is our lists. These are not the definitives. These are our lists. So counting down 10 to 1, greatest tag teams in honor of the Usos becoming the all-time record holder last night. Number 10 for me, Hardy Boys. Hey, Hardy Boys, obviously great in the ring. Everybody knows that. Nothing special on the microphone. Not a ton of charisma when they were together. I know they, uh, you know, they, Jeff Hardy and both Matt Hardy came a long way since then. But at first, I mean, the, the two of them were mutes. All right. Yeah. Uh, they didn't say anything. Number 10 for me, Hardy Boys. Number nine, 
Edge and Christian. Edge and Christian are another duo who didn't say very much, but eventually when they got going, uh, you were able to see the two of them are major characters and have a ton of charisma. Uh, five second, five second pose for the flash yeah. photography. Yeah, I got Edge and Christian number nine. Uh, number eight, the New Day. So we get one of the con- contemporary tag teams jumping in the list now. Number Pretty eight, agreed me. there. I think I had them seven. I like that. Number eight, the New Day. Number seven, the Usos. Wow. But I think that speaks a lot, you know, because like I said, I'm leaning heavily on my youth here, and I got Usos right ahead of the New Day. If New Day won last night, it would probably be the other way around. New Day 7, Usos 8, all right? Okay. But last night's got to mean something. So I give the nod there to the Usos. They're number seven. Number six, Dudley Boys. All right, Dudley Boys from ECW to, to WWF. Uh, they, you know, like you said there, the, the tables, it's a Dudley Boy thing. They've won a 1,000 tag team championships. I think they're at, uh, are they nine in WWE, I believe? Yeah, I think they're nine. Yeah, and I think it's, I honestly think like the real number is like 24 or something, like across companies that they worked for. It's some absurd number. Dudley Boys at number six. Number five, Rockers. As a kid, the Rockers were so cool. I mean, they were amazing. One of the, uh, and to show you how important they were to someone who's my age, one of the all, you know, Second biggest heel turn of all time. Number one biggest heel turn of all time is Hulk Hogan. All right, Bash the Beach, joining the NWO. That's number one with a bullet. Everybody knows that. Number two for me, it was Shawn Michaels putting Marty Jannetty through the window of the barbershop. Of course. Right? That's the second biggest heel turn of all time. And if it has that kind of impact on me as a kid, it's because the Rockers were so great. They were literally a last second drop off my list. And it's because I was considering not putting New Day because of the trios thing. And then I felt like I had to put New Day. But from an impact standpoint, not just that moment, set one of the, this one of the most iconic moments ever. Yep. No one, if you look at what wrestling is today, you could probably look at the Rockers and say they started some version of what wrestling is. They today. were the coolest. They were no so one was, cool. And no one was doing the high flying. Yep. Type that was of their thing. I have Young Bucks on my list. You ask the Young Bucks, I bet you they say Rockers are one of their biggest influences. How about the Rockers? You hear all the teams who are listening. The Rockers never won the titles. I was actually reading about them last night. That's a disgrace. Apparently, there's a controversy that at a house show, they they did win the titles, but never got them. But... Uh, yep, alas. it was it was no, a match. No official title reign. Yep, they uh, the beat the, the Hart Foundation. They right? beat the Hart Foundation for the titles. The third rope snapped. I've seen the match. The okay. third, it, it was a televised. It's a WWE superstar, WWF superstar. Oh, team. okay. It was televised. Right. It, it, it would have been televised. And the 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 top rope snapped in the middle of the match. They had to work. And think about it for a team like the Rockers that uses all uses the ropes. They had to do the rest of the match without a top rope. And so the match was a shit show. And the Rockers won the titles. And because the way they used to tape WWF superstars, it doesn't air for a couple of weeks. Sure. They decided to scrap it. They kept the belts on the Hart Foundation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Rockers never won the titles. That's a disgrace. But that also, to your point, that does show impact because yeah. they're, I mean, they're widely considered one of the best tag teams ever and they never won a title. Yep. Number four, New Age Outlaws. Now, the New Age Outlaws, multi time winner. But the mic, the entertainment value, uh, they were so cool. All right. Part of part of the faction that along with Austin and Rock probably saved the company. Yeah. So yeah. impact is there. You know. Yeah. 
Number three, Legion of Doom. Now, I do, I do call them their Legion of Doom because I was a WWF kid as opposed to, uh, you know, an NWA, WCW sure. kid. I knew who all the NWA and WCW guys were because I used to get Pro Wrestling Illustrated. I you got the top 10 list, you know, who's top 10 this month and that deal. But I was a WWF kid. So sure. Legion of Doom for me, number three. Number two. This got tough. All right. Number two, Demolition. Demolition. Now, I know it's all what? You got Legion of Doom, Road Wars. They ripped them off. How's Demolition ahead of them? Like I said, I was a WWF kid. All right. So to me, Demolition was the big one. I understand. Third longest longest title reign of all time. I understand the history there. All right. But Demolition to me, they, they they were the best when I was a kid. They were scary. They they were so tough. Uh, big demolition fan. So for me, demolition coming in at number two. Also, one of my all time favorite WrestleMania moments, of course, was WrestleMania six, which is one of my all time favorite WrestleManias. And demolition winning back the titles. I think that was their third championship and final reign, uh, where they beat Colossal Connection. Uh, great moment. And of course, an even bigger moment came right after, where Andre finally got his WrestleMania moment, where he uh, he he abandoned the Heenan family. Really, really great moments. So Demolition, number two. And number one for me, this one was easy, Hart Foundation. Hart Foundation's number one. Bret Hart's my all-time favorite wrestler. Hart Foundation is my all-time favorite tag team. And I fell in love with pro wrestling at five, six years old when the Hart Foundation were just starting to come up. They still had Jimmy Hart in their corner. You know, WrestleMania three. They're, they're tagging with uh, Dangerous Danny Davis against uh uh strike force and who would who would have been the third member with strike force for that match i don't remember but anyway hard foundation for me one of my all-time favorite tag team matches is SummerSlam 91 when hard foundation win back the titles against demolition because legion of doom comes and interferes and hard foundation two out of three falls SummerSlam, uh they win back the titles so for me number one tag team all time hard foundation and like i said I think there's a lot of people listening that'll say it's sacrilegious for me to not even have them on the list because of what they mean to a lot of people in terms of tag team wrestling. But they were a little before I, I don't, here's what I remember of heart foundation, 1997, the stable, Bret Hart, right. Anvil, Neidhart, British bulldog, Brian Pillman. I and remember Owen, And Owen. Yeah. And Owen. That is, that's what I remember. Right. Uh, that's my fondest. And the thing that sticks out to me most when I think Hart Foundation, I think Bret Hart finally going heel uh, as as the leader of the Hart Foundation with that stable, which is an yeah. incredible stable, by the way, yeah. to go up against the DXs and of the world and whatnot. But hey, totally fair. And the same with Demolition. Just a little bit before I was like like cognizant of what was going on in WWE. But yeah, I mean they 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 got to be up there, right? They had one until the new day. They had the longest title reign ever, right? Yeah. And by the way, demolition, and I know there's some there's some uh, you know uh, personal stuff there. there. There's beef going on there. Demolition not in the Hall of Fame. That's a joke. That's kind of weird. That's a that joke. is kind of weird. Yeah, that's kind of weird. That's a joke. A couple a couple shout outs slash honorable mentions that I just have to mention because they 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 were impactful to my wrestling experience. Uh, well, you meant you have the Rockers on your list, so that's we talked about them enough. Um, I mentioned Rock and Sock Connection. Brothers of Destruction. Tough. It was tough for me to, to leave them off. I love Brothers of Destruction. The Steiners. Yeah. 
Yeah, Steiners. You, I thought about Steiners. You could make the argument that the Steiners or Harlem Heat, 1A, 1B, for WCW in the history of that company in terms of tag teams. Um, the APA. Sneaky, uh, sneaky classic tag team. Yeah. They were incredible. Um, and then more of a stable, not really a tag team, but you know, the shield was incredible. And they probably are one of the better tag teams in whatever iteration you're looking at of all time. They're up, I mean, they're not top 10, but as a stable, they probably are, but as a tag team, not. But had to give them had to give those teams their flowers because I had three that were tough to leave off. Uh Harlem Heat, the Steiners. And the British Bulldogs. The British Bulldogs were the last one to me because as a kid, I loved Davy Davy Boy Smith Dynamite Kid. Uh, I loved British Bulldogs. Uh, yeah. They bring they bring Matilda with them to the ring. Uh, the British Bulldogs for me were t- they were the last one off for me. Yeah, yeah, no, nah, I, I love that list. I think it's a it's a great list. It makes sense. And again, it's it's what it's you know, funny what, how different our lists are because of our age difference. You know, the lists are. But we are had. Very I, I'm pretty sure we had four and three exactly the same. Yeah, I think we had New Age Outlaws and Road Warriors slash Legion of Doom. Oh, okay. Four and three. Yeah. All so, right, so so that's a good list. All right, in honor of the Usos last night, let's get to Raw. Okay, let's rewind five days ago and let's get to WWE Monday Night Raw. Uh, a few big stories, and maybe the biggest story of the week, if not the second biggest story, ended up main eventing Raw. Uh, so we'll work our way to it. But the first thing that I want to hit on there is we did now see we did find out who the answer to the Rhea problem is, and that was the debut, uh, or I guess re-debut if we're not going to count uh, uh, Retribution. Uh, that was the debut oh boy. <laughs> of Mia Yim back on WWE Monday Night Raw. So Seth Rollins sneaks away when he's about to see there's going to be a big confrontation between the OC and Judgment Day. He slithers out of the ring. They're going at it, and then all of a sudden... We got Mia Yim who comes through the crowd. And this is this is one of the differences. This is one of the main differences between WWE and AEW. Uh, WWE is such a, a family-oriented crowd at the live shows, while AEW is a hardcore wrestling crowd. And Mia Yim's return uh, was met with just no crowd reaction. There was no reaction. It's like, that was a cool moment, okay? We've been building up to who's going to be the answer to the Rhea problem. Mia Yim's pretty cool. Head, uh, what is she? Uh, is she the, the head head badass in charge? Head bitch mm-hmm. in charge? What did she go by, you know? That, like, that's a cool character, Mia Yim. And she's a badass. She can handle, like, she's someone who can go toe-to-toe with Rhea Ripley, even though she's not quite as big as Rhea. But... That's a moment that should have gotten a nice little crowd reaction, and it just got nothing because yeah, the pr- it's, it's such a different crowd. Well, and I also think to to that point, when Mia Yim was in NXT, the NXT crowd was an AEW crowd. Right? Yeah, they were they oh, were yeah. and what and she's only been on the main roster as whatever she was in Retribution. So yeah, I, I also think aside from not being the hardcore Mark type of crowd that AEW gets. Yeah. I just don't think people in on the main roster that go to main roster shows know who she is. Yeah. They just don't know who she is because a lot of them probably didn't watch NXT when she was in NXT and they've only seen her with a mask and a stupid name. I'll tell you what though, when but it when was they, cool. So when they beat up Judgment Day and they're in the ring, they're posing and Mia Yim's posing in front of them, that was cool. That looked cool as hell. Yeah. I thought that looked very cool. I dug yeah. that. I thought that looked cool. So that's setting up war games, right? So we're gonna get 
the OC versus Judgment well, Day. No, it's, 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 I think it's just traditional Survivor Series. Oh, okay. Because I think there's only the two war game matches. Okay. All there's right. a women. I think there's a women's war game. Gotcha. Gotcha. We'll get to that in a, a second. Yeah, You're right. Gotcha. Yeah. And, gotcha. And then the the bloodline. Okay, because I was wondering, uh, but I guess I could have the same question too when it comes to Survivor Series. So Mia Yim tags in, and she can only fight Rhea. That's what we're doing there. Uh, yeah, I think that's. I, I, assuming they're going by like what traditional mixed tag rules. Yeah. Then yes. Okay. All right. Well, that makes more sense because I was really confused if that was going to be a war games match because how the hell do they just fight each other when you got 10 people who are all the, okay. That makes a lot of sense. Now here's my question. Survivor series though, traditionally is five on five, right? So uh, it depends. I mean, it okay. started five on five back in, you know, 1989. Uh, there've been plenty of years where it's four on four. It's, it's just, okay. Wanted, gotcha. Guess, All you right. know? Yeah. It depends. Right. Fair um, enough. so after the match though, you got Rhea backstage licking her wounds and you got Bianca who walks by her, gives a little stare down a chuckle and keeps it moving. I like that shit. All right. That was great. That's what yeah. we were asking for last week. Right? Like we need shit. Rhea involved at the top because she's that good. Yeah, that wasn't there for nothing. Uh, it doesn't have to be next week. It doesn't have to be in two weeks, but it's coming. All right. So I I dug that moment backstage. That was that was what I've been looking for. Like, so now you have Mia Yim and Rhea. You have the tease of Rhea with Bianca down the line. And we're still going to get Beth Phoenix and Rhea, right? So we got a lot of stuff going on with arguably right now the top female in the company. Yeah, yeah, right? she is. So there's, they've set her up with a lot of different yeah. ways to go after a few months now of her mainly just talking. Yeah. And so now they've set it up to where the next few months could be a lot of really good shit from Rhea. Uh, so that was extremely well done. That and was really well done. And so Bianca was on her way to the ring at that point, and that gets Bianca declares war games on damage control. So we're going to yep. get Bianca, um, uh, Alexa, Asuka on Nikki the other Cross. side. Uh, well, you got Nikki Cross. Oh, yeah, Nikki Cross is with damage with control. control right. So those four, and who is the fourth then? Well, there's going to be five. There's five. So each team is going to get. So Oh, right. They, they filled in the silhouettes. That's right. Yeah, they the silhouettes. So my guess is. Um, Team Bianca will get Candice LeRae. Okay. Uh, it just, she's been sort of feuding with damage control since she came back. The other two, I don't really know. I, you know, I, who would you add on the heel side? So you got Nikki Cross, who's a total wild card, obviously. Uh, that makes four of them over there. So what I would do after what happened with the backstage thing and Mia Yim, I would put Mia Yim with Bianca and Rhea with damage control, but they're already going to be in the other. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I don't know. All right. So they'll fill that in this week then. Yeah. Maybe, okay. maybe they'll bring up some NXT. I know. I, th- well, no, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they bring up like, uh, there's the two, the two girls in NXT. And I don't, I tried to watch NXT this week. I don't love it. Um, but Cora Jade and the other girl who've been feuding their face, they used to be best friends. Maybe they bring them up to be part of it in some way. I don't know, but they had been teasing, uh, what's her name, Nikita Lyons, who I can't take my eyes off of, uh, Nikita Lyons and Zoe Stark, but they got their own thing going on right now, because while I'm not a 1,000% dialed into NXT these days, Zoe Stark turned on Nikita Lyons yes. last week, 
So they're yeah. doing their own thing right there. All yeah. right. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll find out. Can I just go back to the Rollins to the um the the Judgment Day thing real quick? Yeah. When Rollins came out for the open challenge and the Judgment Day music hit, the juices of my guilty pleasure. Okay. You, you were getting there AJ to- versus Seth. No, no, no. When the Judgment Day music Oh, Judgment hit, Day. So and, you know, Finn, Finn. And, and, and they surrounded the ring. Who's it going to be? Who's it going to yeah, be? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Finn, Finn came in. Seth on the mic going at each other. Finn, you cost me gold. Right, right. I'm going to cost you gold. I love when they call back to stuff like that, you know? They're fighting this week. Okay. They, they, they teased it. I be, I'm, unless I'm, I believe last night on SmackDown, they promoted Seth Rollins versus Finn. Okay. I love it. All I right. I love it. Seth is undoubtedly, like we talked about, I think he's fully faced now. I think we can safely say he is a face at this point. And Finn's doing some of the best work of his career. I love that. And I think long term that they could do they could do stuff forever, those two guys. I thought that was incredible. I wasn't terribly mad when the OC showed up, but I was pretty excited when I saw those two guys face to face in the ring because they are incredible. So Nikki Cross, uh, trashes the 24-7 title, RIP 24-7 title, after she takes it away. She beats uh, Dana Brooke, my friend Dana Brooke. She's a Miami resident. Uh, We should get her on. It's still real to me sometime soon. Absolutely. Uh, She beats Dana Brooke. And what I think was, uh, what I think was apropos was Nikki Cross, when she trashes the belt, she actually misses the trash can (laughs) with the 24-7 title. I think that's probably an appropriate way to end the 24-7 title. Uh, yeah. So that's now done. Uh, and now that brings... Unless you have something else we, to add there? I, I, Yeah. We can't, we can't just gloss over this, right? We have to... And particularly because we may now never see him in the ring again. We have to honor the greatest 24-7 champion of all time, R-Truth. Well, you say this, we never, may never see him again because uh, while he... Because he just had not, surgery. Yeah, right. But while he does not age, uh, he's actually up there in age. He's like 51, I think. Yeah, like I think that. he's in his 50s. Yeah. Um, I just would like to honor our truth. He's one of my favorites of all time. I think he's one of the most criminally underutilized performers of all time. Uh, I, although he had some big moments, obviously, awesome truth uh, against, uh, you know, the main event and whatnot. But 53, 24-7 title reigns for our truth uh, of the 196 Title reigns. The 365, 24-7, 7-11, I-95 South but, champion. But our truth I mean, you know, you could say what you want about Vince. You could say what you want about his ideas. But that belt gave our truth the vehicle to be our truth And there's very few things that make me happier than our truth with a microphone in his hand. He is unbelievable. That is the only reason I'm sad that this belt's gone, is we will never see him with it again. But other than that, Good riddance. Nice little tribute there. And finally, if not the biggest story of the week in WWE, the second biggest story for sure, uh, Lashley comes out and just destroys Seth Rollins, just obliterates Seth Rollins. Lashley now is heel. I mean, that's that's what we saw at the end of Crown Jewel. Lashley's heel. Side note, I'm hoping it means maybe they can get the Hurt Business back together. But Lashley is heel, all right? He destroys Seth Rollins. What happens now? Austin Theory decides to cash in his money in the bank after several repeated tr- attempts to cash in on Roman Reigns. He tried He's tried several times, 
And several times he has gone down there with the intention of cashing in, and he wasn't able to actually hand the briefcase to the referee. So they also that- teased at one point that he might cash in in NXT. Okay, so that got he- thwarted several times, and then he finally decides to say, "F it, I am coming after the U.S. title." And this was met with, I know online, this was met with uh, really poor reaction. Now, I know Triple H wants to make it seem like the Intercontinental title on SmackDown, the U.S. title on Raw, that those are like the centerpieces of the shows so that Roman doesn't have to be there every single week. And I think for the most part, he's done a really good job with that. Like the belts have felt more important over the last couple months as a result. But you're not going to be able to convince me. Uh, that money in the bank should be cashed in on anything other than the world title. So I would much rather... Now, I will tell you, I liked him losing that cash-in much better than him winning that cash-in. Like, I'd rather him try and cash-in and look like a dunce and not get the U.S. title than cash-in and win the U.S. title. I don't want to see that becoming a thing where sometimes that's how money in the bank is going to operate. If we were going to do that, I liked him coming out looking like a dunce. It got a great laugh out of me when Seth kicked out, kicked out, kicked out, and then finally won. Like, I enjoyed that. I did laugh. It, 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 makes, it, it makes Austin Theory look like a total nerd, but I would have rathered if he's going to lose the cash-in, let him try against Roman. Let him actually do it against Roman and let Roman just kick the shit out of him. Because while guys have lost their money in the bank cash-ins, Otis, we're sorry, Otis. I, I don't know. No, I'm saying while they've lost the match that they cashed in. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, Otis never got to. He, he, oh, yeah, he lost the He lost, he the, lost briefcase. the briefcase. Right, right, right. Uh, but Baron Corbin has lost. Damian Sandow has lost. Uh, guys have lost their cash in opportunities. But I'm talking about none of those guys got their shit kicked in when they tried to cash in. I would have much rather have seen that where he thought he was going to be an opportunist and cash in on Roman. And Roman still beat the shit out of him, you know, because Austin Theory doesn't really lose anything in that regard. I mean, Roman Reigns is beating everyone. So I liked that he ended up looking like a total dunce, but I would have just rather it gone the route of trying to do it on Roman Reigns. Yeah, that's what I was. My main thing with this was I was going to ask, does this mean more to to you? Do you think this means more about how Triple H feels about Austin Theory or about how he feels about the money in the money in the bank. Going no, I, I think it's about Austin Theory, and they were trying to find a way to get that briefcase out of his hands. Yeah, because, like you said, like not only cashing in and losing, but cashing in and losing on the U.S. title, it just makes all of it seem way less important. Yeah, it doesn't make the U.S. to me that moment didn't make the U.S. title seem more important. Right, you can't be more important than having arguably your top face now in the company. Defending it every week. I mean, right? I, I think I think what needs to happen, I, I think what what could potentially salvage that moment, we got to hear from Austin Theory on Monday night. We need an explanation as to what he was thinking. Maybe that explanation is, I tried several times on Roman Reigns. I couldn't do it. But there needs to be some kind of explanation. What the hell were you thinking? Like, what? why Why were you doing that? Like, that? Like maybe that leads raw on Monday night, you know? There, that has to happen on Monday. Yeah, I'll give. Tri- yeah, I mean, I'm gonna give Triple H the benefit of the doubt, yeah. right? I, I gotta, we gotta see where it goes. But if it's just that, and it was just like, hey, we gotta get this off of him, 
he can't we he can't be the champion. We just know he can't be a champion yet. This was a Vince thing. He's not ready. We're not ready to put him there. And it's it, and it's just gone. Then it seems like a big fail. But if there's more to it, like you said, then I hope there's I, more well, to it. It remains to be seen. Yeah, I hope there's more to it. I mean, what they did accomplish there was they made Seth look like you know the fighting champion. He kicked out of all the moves, all the moves, kicked out of all of them. Like Seth Rollins got all got so much more. I mean, like, which do you think did Seth Rollins get more out of that segment than Austin Theory lost? I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I didn't think either of them came away up. I mean, I, I think obviously theory loses a lot because he had the, the, the money in the bank. I don't think Rollins really gains much at all from it. I think it's a net even for Rollins and just a, as, as of now, if it stays the same, a loss for, I got no problem with theory losing. Um, I just wish it was to Roman. I, yep. I think it could have been done so much better. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, real quick oh, by the here. Way, oh, yeah. sorry. I was going to say before we get to, because I know we're about to go to AEW real quick. What we didn't mention from SmackDown, Braun Strowman burying Jinder Mahal in the World Cup. Leading, I think Braun Strowman's winning the World Cup. I think he right? is too. Yeah, I mean, I think okay. he is too. All I think right, he is cool. too because I think you, you get a good Haas fight between Braun and Gunther. Uh, I, I don't, I don't think Braun necessarily beats him. I hope not. I'd like it to be a really long reign for Gunther, but I think you get a good Hoss fight for the Intercontinental title. Like that's, that's attractive to me. Braun Strowman versus Gunther. Still wearing those tight red pants. That's right. All right. So dynamite, let's talk about AEW dynamite. Uh, AEW in a weird place right now because there's not a ton that is exciting me about AEW right now, but there were a few that there were, there were two things that really stood out to me about dynamite. All right. Number one was Joe turning on Wardlow. So leading to eventual uh, Samoa Joe versus, I mean, they seemed like they were buddies. They were doing some tag teaming, uh, leading to them. And and you got Hobbs who's mixed in there. So that's cool. But eventually leading to uh, a Samoa Joe versus Wardlow feud. I'm into that. It feels like since winning the, the, the title Wardlow is just, he was, I mean, he was red hot, red hot Wardlow. And it really seems like since, he is not attached to MJF anymore. They they haven't really known what to do with him. And Wardlow was so damn hot. So a Wardlow Samoa Joe, especially when Wardlow's the baby face, I think has a lot of potential. I I I, I love that segment. I first of all, I think Wardlow is an absolute superstar. Yeah, he's awesome. I, he has it all, and he's good on the mic too. But he is. Good looking dude. Good in the ring for a big guy. I talked to him. I've had him on Zaslow show before and I talked to him and, and I told him you, you give me Dave Batista vibes. I think you got a lot of Batista in you. And he said that was his hero. And he is, um, yeah. that he's, he's, uh, uh, you know, made a lot of his character in, in that fashion. Yeah. Um, I like, I've, I've liked powerhouse Hobbs since he was just Will Hobbs like as a nobody when I first saw him in AEW I was like this guy's got something I don't know what it is yet but he's got something and then when he joined team Taz he obviously evolved and he's really I think he's really good and I think Samoa Joe is one of the all-time WWE letdowns in terms of how they booked him and what they did with him he is incredible he was incredible in NXT he would still to this day be incredible in the main roster face or heel Whatever he does, he is an absolute badass. I just think injury wise, they they felt they couldn't count on him. He always got he was yeah. always in the middle of a I mean, good he's story. Old. He's been and they always got time. hurt. Yeah I, yeah, I think they just felt they couldn't rely on him. But yeah, I love that segment. I I I, I just 
the TNT title is an issue to me, first of all, because the reason why you never name a title after a network is because you're no longer, no on, longer that network. on that network. Um, but, you know, th- whatever. It is what it is. But I thought the TNT title was going to be like a TV title where it gets defended every week. And I was excited you about think that. It be- should be right. Because when it first started, Cody won it and Cody was defending it every week. And I think Cody Rhodes uh, looked at it as you know, this iteration of the former WCW television title. Yeah. And I think he took a lot of pride in having it and defending it every week. And now we could talk about it, but AEW just has way too many titles for only having three hours of programming a week. I'm not counting those YouTube shows that they do, um, but they just have way too many titles. So you can't defend it every week. So the other big story though, uh, when and I think was the biggest takeaway from Dime. I, mean, I know you know Danielson beat Guevara at the end of the night, but Soraya, the former page, announces that she has been cleared. She is back to wrestling. Uh, the Soraya Britt Baker pom- promo I thought was really interesting. Uh, I liked everything that came out of Britt's mouth. Like I felt the things that Britt Baker was saying. I didn't love Soraya in that segment. I thought, I mean, Soraya clearly came off. She was the heel for sure. I, but I think that Soraya came out there thinking she's going to have the crowd behind her because she's announced, hey, I'm, you know, I'm Paige, I'm Soraya. I've, I've been doing this a long time, Women's Revolution. I'm back. I just announced that I'm wrestling again. And that crowd wasn't having it. Like that crowd was behind their homegrown girl in Britt Baker. I do like the whole she's ours, you came from over there kind of deal. I like that story. I like that deal. But And I, I love the crowd being behind Britt Baker in that spot because she is AEW and we're an AEW crowd. But I think Soraya was probably stunned by that reaction when she got backstage. Yeah, and so Everything I just said about Wardlow, I think about Britt Baker. She is an absolute superstar. She is one of the best women's wrestlers in all of professional wrestling. Uh, she just she's good at everything she does, and I agree with the with the Soraya thing. And I think part of it is when she fir- the first promo she did when she came back, they botched that so horribly. It was one of the worst segments AEW's ever done, where she came out and she was like. Hey, hey, girls, come out here. And then four girls that you barely know other than Tony Storm come out to the ring. And then she's like, they've been underutilized. I'm here to make the women's division respect them. I was like, what are we doing? Why is this getting 30 minutes on my TV screen right now? It made no sense. Obviously, Britt Baker and her crew came out. And now I don't even think this whole thing is happening where they have crews. Now it's just a one-on-one thing. The whole thing has been very like thrown together. And it's another example of, uh, the latest toy for Tony Khan to me, right? Tony Khan, it just every, like once a month, it's like, who's the no- most recent former WWE person yeah. I can come in to maybe draw some ratings. That's what it seems like to me. So uh, in yeah. that vein though, it would be silly to, and look, Saray is a big name, you know, but in that vein, it would be silly to, to not have Britt Baker beat her. Then but she at- was, but she was a big name. Like she was a big name. She hasn't wrestled in like six years or something. And 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 to be and to be fair, like to people, like do people really remember her? I, I know she was impactful. I know she made a difference, and she was, uh, you know, the women's champion, and she was a big deal for a while in WWE. But like, 
that women's division has changed and evolved so much since she stopped wrestling. Um, her run as GM in WWE was horrendous. Uh, I think people have a bad taste in their mouth of how her last like little bit in WWE went. And I don't think the way they've like, just given her a, like a, an open mic, you know, she was trashing WWE. She was like low key trashing WWE in her opening promo when she first came out. Like, but then, but then nice a couple nights in a ago, place where they let you be yourself. Like, but then a couple nights ago, she was trashing the AEW women. Yeah. She almost started crying when she, which was, I guess, a cool moment when she, she almost cried in the ring when she announced that she was cleared, which was cool. I mean, it's fair. I mean, she did have to retire because of injuries. So that was cool. But other than that, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think the, the crowd just was not, they just weren't into it. They just weren't into it or into her. They're always into Britt Baker. Britt's great. Yeah, I think it'll be a shame if they don't have Britt win that match. Yeah. I will say, like, um, I again, they, they have a little bit of an issue with their women's division. Thunder Rosa, whatever's happening with her has probably not helped. And then, you know, before it was Soraya, it was Tony, like, Tony Khan puts a title on Tony Storm as if Tony Storm's like this huge superstar who came over in this coup for AEW. I, I think most people, when Tony Storm showed up, didn't know who Tony Storm was. I mean, I would NXT say UK. I like Tony Storm, but I would say all the time that Tony Storm has been getting should be occupied by Jade Cargill. Oh, a hundred percent. They don't emphasize her or her undefeated streak. Like she's obviously enough. super raw still, but she is so obviously going to be a massive star, Jade Cargill. Yeah massive yeah. star i like what they're doing with jade cargill and nyla rose i don't mind it i like nyla rose the stuff they were doing with her and vicky guerrero were a was a little corny in the beginning um but a lot of it was on being the elite and i'm not sure how much of that you actually you watch but they were doing some weird corny stuff but now i, I love i love vicky guerrero vicky guerrero is one of my all-time favorite managers um, so anytime she's doing something, it's cool. And I think what they're doing there is good because they're both powerhouses for a women's division. So that'll be, that's going to be good at full, do you, you know, like Nyla Rose stole the title and is saying she's yeah. the TBS champ. Yeah. I like that. It's a, it's a good storyline. Like uh, but yeah, I think Jade Cargill is, is clearly like, that's the a women's title in yep. AEW right now. Right. It's supposed to be the secondary title, but that's, that's the one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Joey, we have, uh, we have a way that we're going to end every show every week. All right. We do big deal, not a big deal. Monday through Friday on Zaslow show 2.0 to end every show. And on it's still real to me on Saturdays, we're going to end the show with big dirt or not big dirt. All right. So the, the wrestling, the online rumors, all that stuff, uh, we're, we're going to do big dirt or not big dirt. Are you ready? I'm ready. I've been digging through the dirt sheets all week. I think I got a few big dirts, not a big dirts for Let's you that it. you're going to appreciate. All right. First, big dirt, not a big dirt. It is reported that not only will John Cena be at WrestleMania in Hollywood next year, John Cena will wrestle at WrestleMania in Hollywood next year. Big dirt or not a big dirt? That's big dirt. I mean, look, it's uh, it, it's essentially the it's it'll be the first WrestleMania that Triple H has the reins. Okay. Uh, if we can get The Rock, if we could get Cena, that seems believable to me. I, that's big dirt right there. I want to see Cena, absolutely. Anytime you get Cena, it's big dirt. Yeah. All right, WWE has trademarked Queen of the Ring, and it's rumored that like King that. of the Ring will go back to a traditional 
one night tournament pay-per-view all happen in the same night big dirt or not a big dirt that's big dirt i especially like that because i hate the whole we're in the middle of the king of the ring tournament it takes a month and then it it finishes up at the pay-per-view what happens these guys you could fight three times in one night. You could find a way to have several matches in one night. I loved King of the Ring when I was a kid, where you got the guys who got to go through a whole gauntlet, and then they get crowned at the end of the night. It's more impactful. That that's that's big dirt to me. I like the sound of that. King of the Ring gave us the biggest uh, the biggest star in the history of the business. Yeah, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, this is big dirt. Let's yeah, get it. Let's, let's get it back. Yeah. Um, by the way, just a side note. Look at all these guys that the way these wrestlers train nowadays, they all do MMA. They're all former wrestlers or all this and that. Let's bring back Brawl for All. Let's bring back Brawl for All and make it an MMA tournament. <laughs> One night only. Let's let them really kick the shit out of each other. Brock would win, but hey, it would be fun. Uh, all right. Next, it's room. So we just talked about AEW a little bit. Obviously, we uh, the elite have been gone for quite some time. We've been seeing these vignettes teasing yeah. their return. Yeah. It is now rumored they will come back at full gear and challenge Death Triangle for the trio's titles. Big deal. Big dirt or not a big dirt? Yeah, that, that's big dirt. I've missed the Young Bucks. Uh, I like the Young Bucks' as heels, but obviously anytime you're gone for a long time and you return, you return as a baby face. Everybody knows that. Uh, but I'm looking forward to seeing them again. So, yeah, big dirt to me, Young Bucks. Absolutely. Yep. This company desperately needs any Kenny Omega they can get. Yeah. Uh, all right, last one. Um, and this one is kind of on the uh, the Viking Raiders. What will he do with trips in charge? It is rumored that Bo- Robert Roode is expected oh. to return to action very soon on the SmackDown brand. Big Dirt or not a Big Dirt? You know, I'm going Big Dirt, but you know why I'm doing that? Because, uh, you know, does that mean we're also going to get more Dolph Ziggler? I love Dolph Ziggler, man. I think he's one of the most underutilized guys maybe ever. And they were, you know, the, what were they, the, 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 the war dogs or whatever their name was. Yeah. Dirty dogs, dirty, dirty dogs. dogs. So if it means that we can get more Dolph Ziggler, yeah, I'm uh, I'm in on that. I'll go Big Dirt. Let's let's do it, Robert Roode. And if we can get the, the robes with the glorious music, yes. Robert Roode, yes. then, then I'm all in. Big Dirt. Joey, excellent job today. Second episode of It's Still Real to Me in the books. You were great. We'll do it again next week. All right, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Ah, the show is over. What better time now than to go out back with a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. That's right. That's what I look forward to after every show. And now my day's work is done. I got a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul. I'm going to sit outside by the pool here at the Zaslow Mansion and just enjoy the rest of my day. Having a Johnny Cuba makes me feel like I'm right back in the Caribbean. We're talking a refreshing German lager in a can. You can get it anywhere. Sedano's, Presidente, Winn-Dixie. And right now, you got special holiday prices on six packs of Johnny Cuba. Make sure you pick up your Johnny Cuba merch as well. We got the hot sauce coming up. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo because more is always brewing. You know, when my wife and I became homeowners, I mean, keeping the Zaslow Mansion safe, that's not an easy task unless you call Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. If you're looking for affordable care that offers the best coverage for your home, your motorcycle, your car, your boat, Brunt Insurance and Financial Services, their team has the expertise 
and experience to find the right coverage for you, including comprehensive policies for both trailers and motorhomes. Let their team help you learn more about your policy options so you can make an informed decision that's not going to keep you up at night. Bruntinsurance.com. When it comes to home, renters, and condo insurance, your options, hey, it, it, it can be dizzying. Don't worry, they specialize in making the confusing crystal clear with their fully licensed team helping you along every step of the way. Bruntinsurance.com, 954-589-2204.